Hi, Nick Petrella here. This episode is sponsored by Volkwein's Music, a full-service shop that's been meeting the musical needs of musicians for over 135 years. They offer a huge selection of instruments, accessories, music, and more. They also have an unmatched instrument repair department with some of the most experienced technicians in the business. For years, they've serviced my personal and school instruments, and their attention to detail is why I and professional musicians from around the globe trust Volkwein's to service their gear. Head over to volkweinsmusic.com to see what they can do for you. That's V-O-L-K-W-E-I-N-S music.com. Helping people discover music since 1888. Welcome to the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast, making art work. We highlight how entrepreneurs align their artistry, passion, and vision to create and pursue opportunities to capture value in the arts. The views expressed by guests on the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the podcast or its hosts. The appearance of a guest on the podcast, the venture they represent, or reference to any product or service does not imply an endorsement or recommendation by the podcast or its hosts. The content provided is for entertainment and informational purposes only and does not constitute business advice. Here are your hosts, Andy Heiss and Nick Petrella. Hello, Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast listeners. My name is Andy Heiss. And I'm Nick Petrella. Saxophonist Kirk Whalem is our guest today. He's a solo artist, band leader, and an in-demand session player who's performed with top artists such as Barbara Streisand, Al Jarreau, Quincy Jones, Whitney Houston, and more. Kirk's received numerous awards, including three Dove Award nominations, an NAACP Image Award nomination, and is a 12-time Grammy Award nominee, winning his first Grammy Award in 2011. In addition to being a phenomenal musician, Kirk is an ordained minister who's passionate about educating aspiring musicians as a music professor at Visible Music College in his hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. We want to give Jody Espina a shout out for introducing us to Kirk, and we're really happy he agreed to be on the podcast. Thanks for joining us, Kirk. Man, what a pleasure. It's so nice to meet both of you and to meet your your loyal uh, fans, uh, (laughs) you know, I guess vicariously. Sure. And so, you know, performing is just sort of the tip of the iceberg for for a musician, right? Being on stage and and playing a concert or a show or whatever. Uh, And same with artists, right? You know, hanging a new show in a gallery or whatever. That's just sort of the tip of the iceberg that people see. Um, But there's so many more things that go into sustaining and supporting your career. Uh, What are some of the things you do uh, or have to do outside of performing? Well, uh, stay healthy is a big one. You know, uh, this morning I got up and volunteered, so I didn't, uh, I didn't work out, but yesterday morning I did. And the day before that, uh, yeah, stay healthy, do whatever it takes to stay healthy. Um, you know, try to eat right, you know, get some exercise, even if it's just walking. Sure. Um, my, our son, Kyle, uh, is an ex- excellent example of actually all my kids work out but um kyle is a musician he plays with kelly clarkson mm-hmm. bass player oh, wow. and a ranger songwriter singer and he also plays with katie perry and he 
is a runner. So this guy has run his sixth, last week he ran his sixth 100-mile race. Oh, my God. He's one of those extreme yeah, distance. <clears throat> yeah, uh, he's an ultra runner. Wow. And, wow. Um, he promised that this is his last 100-miler. You know, I'm, I hope he hosted that because it just I'm a nervous wreck when he does yeah, it. But, um, you know, um, it, it ends up becoming... It's addictive. You know, once you start taking care of yourself, you feel better about doing whatever that is that you do. Um, but, you know, everybody's got to be into sports, you know, in that way. Like, if you're going to be healthy and live a long and, you know, a healthy life, you're going to have to get into some sport, some kind of way. Mm. And um, so, yeah, that, that's a big part of it. And in my volunteering, I cut hair um, on Thursdays okay. for, for guys, mostly guys who are uh, either, you know, habitually homeless or they may be working mm-hmm. but can't afford uh, a haircut. Yeah. You know, that's you know that, that's just the way it is right now in our country. And by the way, that doesn't have to be. Um, if we were, as a country, willing to share and make sure that every single American had health care, that would, that would knock that out right there. Yeah. And the average person would be able to afford, you know, just the little things like haircuts. But we haven't done that. And uh, there's no excuse for it. So hopefully the more we say that, the more people think about it. And all their very interesting justifications for not sharing (laughs) with those in need, yeah, maybe hopefully someday they'll go away. But I love playing ping pong. That's my other thing that I truly, truly love. And I have a scooter. Uh, (laughs) I scoot around the neighborhood uh, Vespa type deal, and uh, it's my it's my stress relief. I uh, yeah, that's that's you see you'll see me passing by you <laughs> on this red scooter. And you go, oh, I think that was Kirk. That's yeah. Kirk, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, you also uh, you've got a couple podcast projects that you do pretty consistently, right? I do. Yeah, there's one that I did um, a while back that we we now have just gotten to a million subscribers and it's called The Bible in Your Ear. Wow. It's literally me just reading the Bible. 365 lessons, right? So, <laughs> end of the year you've heard the whole Bible and you never had to open one. Though <laughs> right. it's nice sometimes to open it and follow along. That's cool. Um, and then the other one is called Humans Being. With Kirk Whalum. And I interview people like you guys are doing now. I'm not as good as you, but I do interview <laughs> special guests. I mean, man, oh man, if I had some special mm-hmm. guests, um, I won't go into all of them. But um, yeah, we, we talk about life, we especially kind of bring in the spiritual component because a lot of people are a little you know, a little uh, shell-shocked about, like, going into that because everybody draws into camps. And people have wars about that stuff. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, not just, like, you know, Muslims and Christians. It's like, you know, Protestants and Catholics, you know, have been at war. So, but we try to cool that down and, like, we can be in the same space and and be spiritual beings and learn from each other. And that's what... And we talk about current events, politics, and all of that. All the, the, you know, faux pas. That's right. Don't talk about that stuff. We talk about all of it. That's great. On Humans Being with Kirk Whalen. Yeah, and that that segues into my next question. I, I did check out a couple episodes of that, and I really enjoyed it. And, you know, clearly from, you know, earlier in the podcast and what we've spoken about. You're a positive person and faith is important. Uh, it's an important part of your life. Is that why you're drawn to educating aspiring musicians and serving your community? 
Thank you. You know, I, I love teaching, and it's not something that I ever figured I would love. You know, as a you know young, you know, uh, you know whippersnapper. All you want to do is play. Like, I will always just be playing, you know. I don't have time to be teaching. But when the first time you get a taste of it, uh, sharing what it is that you know and what you're passionate about, mm. it's, 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 you know, addictive. And so I do love it. I'm not uh, officially teaching right now. I'm sort of adjunct at a, at a school called uh, Visible Music College here in Memphis. And uh, But, yeah, I love it. You know, I... I just wish, I mean, and by the way, the pod, the podcast, the uh, tutorial site that we call the Sax Loft mm-hmm. uh, is where I get to, you know, to feed my addiction, my teaching addiction. And uh, we have lots of content on this site. And, and it's, uh, I share it with my friends, Jeff Coffin, whose idea it was. Jeff Coffin, of course, plays with Dave Matthews. A lot of great uh, records he's put out. Goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff, I'm speaking of. And the great Tia Fuller. Uh, So the three of us do this, The Sax Loft. And uh, people can go to thesaxloft.com and uh, it's a very affordable subscription. And we hang, you know. We actually do a lot of just, you know, Facebook groups and we'll we'll sit there and share, share ideas. So you do synchronous as well as videos and things like that? Yes. Yeah, we have. Excellent. We each have in our bin. Okay. Um, you know, lot lots of content, lots of video instructional videos. But then we all get together and talk about. Oh wow, watch this. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's great. It's a great idea. Yeah. So, Kirk, going back to when you were first, uh, you know, making a go of it uh, in Houston, what was your approach? Like, you know, was it was it, you, you said I, earlier? You said something that really resonated me uh, with me. Th- talking about you're in a room you've got this audience play for that audience and the next night you're going to do the same thing was that sort of your approach uh, or did you have like a vision where you were trying to work towards what what was your sort of mindset i guess when you were first starting out yeah i, I wish i could say that i had a grand vision um you know a plan my friend dave cause is that guy man you know he he had it mapped out okay. man and he's a marketing guy he actually has his, his degrees in marketing okay uh, and that. yeah, I mean, I'm so, you know, I'm in awe of that. Mm-hmm. No, I just wanted to play. Yeah. So yeah. I was just playing and <clears throat> playing with this one, playing with that one, learning this, learning that, transcribing this solo, teaching it, learning. That was, that was, okay. you know, my thing. I, I am trying to be, to do better at that these days, you know, to, to sort of be more intentional, um, more strategic, uh, and and I yeah, there's a lot of things. For instance, we have a concert series here in Memphis. Actually, Dave Cos is my next guest. Okay. It's called Cafe Kirk, mm. and the name Kirk means church. Just in case you didn't know that, and um, cafe, public meeting space, mm-hmm. sit down and have a drink, uh, smoke a cigarette, whatever you do, and church Kirk. You know, it brings in the spiritual component of who of who we are, the spiritual core of who we are. That's cool. Uh, where where do you where do you do that? Is it so? Cafe Kirk is a series here in Memphis. Yeah, it's not a place. It's a series, and we do it okay. at uh, at um, Crosstown Concourse here in Memphis. Okay. And Memphians would know that place. Sure. A really cool place. Kind of intentional social justice and arts driven uh, place. It was a huge, huge Sears uh, warehouse. Okay. And, and, uh, uh, stuff that they, that they repurposed. It's three blocks big. That's how wow, big wow. this place is. And uh, but yeah, the theater is beautiful. Cool. 
A, a good portion of our audience, they're, it's made up of college students and young professionals. What are some common mistakes made by young musicians who are looking to break into session playing or a local music scene? Well, again, I, I think the... I mean, we could talk about some of the stuff we've already talked about, sure. like sort of expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, not really figuring, you know, that that this is about you, you know, it, do, being a good person, like work on that, mm-hmm. and you'll get hired every time. If, you, if you're up on your craft and you're a nice person, you will work. It's just as simple as that. I mean, I will add one last thing. Maybe not last. There's other stuff. But <laughs> I'll add this, that, you know, jazz musicians in particular tend to, uh, we're so enamored with our, our heroes, right? Um, those people who, you know, go before us. And it's the people who made us want to play, mm-hmm. you know. And so... We get very, very serious and kind of take ourselves a little too seriously because at the end of the day, we are like a court gesture, you know, in one sense, like who you are is the person you got to do something, stand on your head, you know, like maybe, uh, you know, juggle uh, something so that that person who had a hard day or hard week, Mm. you know, gets to kind of let it go and just and, and you make them forget about it. Okay, you may do that by playing something clever, but nonetheless, it's about them, not you. <laughs> and so I think the sooner you learn that, the better off you are. I have a friend Peter White who was, you know, one of the you know, you talk about having an identity. You hear Peter White play the acoustic guitar and you're like that's Peter White. Mm. Right, and he is kind of you know smooth jazz ground zero. Like, how does smooth jazz sound? Well, put on Peter White. Okay, because again, the rest of us we're kind of all squiggly. We're in all different types of things, not easily categorized, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But Peter White is that guy, and you know what? Peter is all about the audience. He he didn't grow up listening to you know Wes Montgomery and all the great jazz you know guitarists. He, he grew up listening to, you know, the Beatles. And so musically speaking, it's, it's, not so, it's not so clever. It's just a beautiful sound that he gets on the instrument and his beautiful heart for the audience. Mm-hmm. He, if he has to stand on his head, he will stand on his head, you know, because that's, that's the thing. It's, the, it's about them and not you. That's great advice. Just a little bit more on that. How do you how do you balance sort of the artistic expression and the customer satisfaction thing? Because sometimes those can be at odds, right? Um, yes, I think in the best of worlds, you get to do both the artistic expression and, and sort of do the business, you know, or, or kind of, you know, the business of entertaining, right? And you know, I think of you know one really good example of that is Dave Matthews. Like, you know, those guys, uh, they get up there and it's basically a jam band, you know, and they get to play, really, really play. And and as far as I'm concerned, it's kind of one one example of like the future of jazz. Like uh, I would get my head chopped off by some (laughs) some serious jazz musicians for saying that. But, um, you know. Yeah, I mean they're improvised. Sure, yeah, and they are some great musicians. Yeah, right. So, but the the framework of it is not connected so much to bebop 
you know, for the 40s and the 50s, right. is more connected to rock and, and R&B and funk. You know, it, so music evolves, right? Yeah. That's the newsflash, you know, <laughs> like, you know, jazz is not going to always sound like the 50s, though there are now a whole, is a whole new crop of young musicians, you know, um, who are bringing it yeah. like the 40s and 50s and 60s with a new flair and a new energy, and that is beautiful. But that doesn't change the fact that music moved on in the, in the yeah. public sphere. Right. Like, you know, um, you know the, this tiny corner that we have called jazz that we love and where those musicians hang and make a living is wonderful. But the broader circle is hip-hop driven, it's, you know, a lot of sequenced music, mm-hmm. much of it extremely creative, and the global footprint of it, like, talk about collaboration, like, man, it, it, it is all of the above, you know, Dizzy Gillespie had Channel Postal, you know, and a couple of other, like, Cuban um you know, musicians and, and they, and then, you know, Stan Getz with the Brazilians. So that, yes, mm-hmm. we had that, but now it's gone crazy because right. of the, of the media, you know, like, yeah. you know, social media and all that. It's off the charts now and makes me very happy. Uh, you're not going to ever lose. Jazz ain't going nowhere. <laughs> it may even be called something different. Mm. Right, but the music, the, the elements that make it what it is, will always be part of 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 the overall mix. Yeah, Kirk, we've reached the part of the interview where we ask all of our interviewees the same three questions. And the first question is: What advice would you give to others wanting to become an arts entrepreneur? Um, I think we've covered this already, <laughs> but I'm yes. I'm going to say, you know, to uh, really do you. Like, if you can really be an excellent version of you, you will be that entrepreneur who um, takes your beautiful and unique take on life and, and shares it with the world. And how big is that world, right? This concentric circle, sure. right? It may be this circle, it may be that circle, or maybe a huge circle, you know, uh, we could name some names, you know, John Baptiste, you know, is an excellent example mm-hmm. of the, you know, the circle just got huge and it, it includes, you know, 16 year olds and 85 year olds. So that, that happens every now and then. Right. But in general, just man, be, be the very best you. And that sounds so cliche, but it has not changed. Like that's the thing yeah. to do. Sure. What can we do to ensure the arts are more accessible and reaching the widest possible audience? I would like to ask you that question, actually, because I don't know that I have the answer to that. But, um, you know, we hit, we just have to make it excellent. We've just got to, you know, I, I, someone once once uh, coined the phrase, I would like to not shoot them, but like maybe stun gun <laughs> or something. Uh, the phrase, let's keep jazz alive. I'm like, that is the most miserable set of words that yeah. I've heard at all costs it's on palliative <laughs> care at the moment and you need to keep it you know alive. weekend yeah. at Bernie's right here's Jess <laughs> we're holding it up <clears throat> you know euthanasia but no um, we really don't have to keep jazz alive and I think that's also arrogant like you you're gonna do it you're gonna keep you mm. know how many people have have been in this train this yeah. this continuum 
of great musician, great musicians and great music, no, jazz is going to be just fine. It's just that when it was in Africa, or then when it was on the slave fields, you know, it wasn't called jazz, right. you know, or Native American, or, or for that matter, indigenous music all over the world. All those things that, that coagulated into what we now call jazz, and then now, you know, that's sort of, if we're honest, that's kind of a bygone era. I, I hope, again, I, I hope I don't get letters, but yeah, jazz, this is not the jazz era. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as we would like for it to be, and as and as and as much as meaningful as it is to us, it's still it's still not. It is not still the jazz era. No, we're into the hip hop era right mm-hmm. now. If you don't believe me, turn on any go yeah. to Vietnam, yeah. Korea, Africa, yep. you know, Middle East. Doesn't matter. The music that you will hear from that culture will be based on hip hop, hmm. not jazz. Okay, so you said, well, yeah, but that's pop music. Yes, jazz was the pop music of the jazz era, you know, uh, popular music. Mm -hmm. People danced and made love and and all of that to jazz. Mm -hmm. That's no longer the case. That doesn't take anything away from the beauty and perfection of this unbelievable music. But no, it's we we move on and we just appreciate it, you know, like we're not going to keep it alive. It will be alive and it'll be in these other forms of music and it'll be some you'll hear some of these young artists and you'll say, that's precisely what Dizzy and those guys were doing, but it's just, you know, updated Evolved. in some ways. Yeah, so yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. And so our last question is, what's the best artistic or entrepreneurial advice you've ever received? The best artistic uh, entrepreneurial. Um, yes, Arnett Cobb. So this ring I wear is Arnett Cobb's ring. Um, oh, wow. see mm-hmm. if I can, there it is. Um, it was the gift to me from his daughter when when he passed. And, um, you know, he was that person who said to me, we had a kind of special thing. I think, you know, any saxophone player, any jazz musician in that area of Houston, Texas Southern, where I went to school, was four blocks from his house. <clears throat> and he loved all of us. But I leached on to him. Mm. <laughs> so I was the most obnoxious one of them. <laughs> and so I guess that's why I get the ring. But, you know, he said to me once, when I went to his house, I wanted to come get a lesson. And... um you know, he never, ever gave me a lesson, okay? He, he would just, we would sit there and we would talk, right? And I would just listen to him, and, and, and that's how I, I heard, understood what he, who he was as a musician and why he played what he played. But the first time, you know, I said, got my horn out, and he said, oh, play me something. So I started playing, and I'm like, you know, playing all of and he said, okay, all right, all right, okay. <laughs> I said, no, step away from the Put saxophone. It down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Put that down. And um, he said, um, okay, so you are playing a bunch of notes, but you ain't saying a damn thing. And, and it rang in my ears like that, you know. And I went, well, that was really rude. I mean, this this guy kind of, I wanted him to be like, like my mentor. And like all of a sudden he just dashed all my hopes and dreams. And, and of course, as I sat with that over the months and years to come, I've, I did get it. 
he's like, yeah, you know, you, you want to impress me, but how about we converse? Mm. And there are many times after that when we do that musically. But we certainly did it a lot verbally where, you know, he would just share with me and I will just share a little bit with him, but mostly I listened to him. And so that's what we do with an audience. That's what we do in our recordings. So we're sharing this language. We're using the language, actually, to share our heart, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and that was what he was trying to tell me. You're not saying anything. I mean, you got to figure who you are, continue to work on that, whoever that person is. But meanwhile, you got to share freely you've received, freely give. That's, that's the way it goes. Yeah. I think he got that ring because he recognized your quest for knowledge. Maybe so, man. Uh, I definitely cried like a baby when she put it on my finger. Mm-hmm. But once I settled down, I said, well, I guess that's what that means. Yeah. Well, Kirk, this has been uh, a true pleasure talking with you here. Uh, thank you so much for your time. You're more than welcome. It's so nice to meet both of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Visit artsentrepreneurshippodcast.com to learn more about our guest and how you can help support artists, the arts, and this podcast. Podcast.